Welcome to the Porsche Club Insider, your one stop for all things Porsche and PCA. Here's your host, Vu Gwyn, and the Insider Crew. Welcome to the uh, Porsche Club Insider Podcast. I know you're hearing a different voice opening the show. That's uh, because our uh, leader, Vu Gwyn, is on the ocean, in the sea. Um, He's with a bunch of Porsches on a boat. I mean, what could go wrong with a bunch of Porsches on the boat in the uh, middle of the ocean? Never again. Um, never wasn't again. Wasn't there a shipping container? That's what I, he told issues? me not to bring that up. Right. Um, <laughs> he, he's uh, with the uh, Princess Cruise uh, Zone Fest. Uh, so Zone 12, which is Florida, uh, has a Zone Fest, which is usually on land. This time they wanted to do it at sea. And they had over 600 PCA members sign up for this cruise. I think the boat holds 2,500 or something. Uh, so the Princess Cruise people have been around to our events all year long, signing people up for different cruises. And uh, I got to admit, when he told me this idea, uh, I was like, it'll never work. But then again, I, ne- I didn't think texting would ever work either. So don't come to me for uh Well, and for, remember, uh, you, you hated when we got rid of the cords on our phones. That's right. Yeah. So um, he's... Uh, Did he really? Yeah. He, yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> he's... Uh, He's on the ocean. He's having a great time. He's been sending us photos. So the next podcast will all all be about his adventures with the uh, eight days of cruising on the ocean. Uh, judging from his videos and photos, I'm sure he's going to want to do it again. And I think they'll probably end up having a national type cruise um, to another part of uh, of the world. A so, giant Porsche boat. Yeah, that's right. So the other voice Fantastic. you're hearing is, of course, we have Damon Lowney our digital media coordinator, and uh, we have invited Bob Miller, who's done many videos with us and has been in a previous podcast to come uh, hang out with us because he just picked up a pretty cool car uh, that uh, he brought the cars and coffee on Saturday, and I thought that'd be pretty neat to talk about. Plus, we'll have Anthony from uh, Member Services in a little bit later on. Anthony went to his first driver's ed, and uh, I want to hear him, hear him uh, describe how much sim racing helped him with uh, driver's ed because mm. he actually is a very good sim racer i'm going to say it helped him out a lot um yeah it'll be interesting to see what parts it did what parts it didn't because uh, after spending last weekend at uh or last week at daytona for a couple of days with the uh, porsche factory drivers you know that's one of the things we uh, i was curious about was the sims and i think i talked about it in the last podcast but it's um it helps them with uh arrow the, the work on arrow uh, but uh, it's not exactly like the car. He said it's still, you know, still things you discover by driving the car. It's uh, a little easier to push reset as well. Well, I told him. I said when I got to drive the seventy or eighty thousand dollar rig they brought to the office, um, I always wanted to take the kink at Road America flat out. <laughs> <laughs> but I never had the guts to do it. Right. And I said so. I got to do it on the sim, and just like I thought, I, I wrecked. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yes, you can hit sim, and you don't have to. Uh, pay an expensive bill so the uh i just so when this airs it's actually the first day of uh, hanukkah so happy hanukkah, happy hanukkah. to our happy jewish hanukkah brothers to everybody. and sisters yeah. yeah um i uh hit the road uh yesterday after work and i realized i got greeted that it is winter time in maryland mm. yeah you know why brine down yes yeah, that's for sure for those who live in warm climates who don't know what we're talking about brine is is the chemical solution that they uh, spray on the waterways, or not waterways, the roadways, that it's white. It dries white. Basically and salt water. Yes, it's uh, yeah. 
So it pre-treats the roads so that when it starts snowing, um, if it starts raining or like freezing rain, they really can't put down salt because it'll wash away. Right. So this helps them give them, give them a fighting chance to uh, to fight the um, incoming weather. What it really does, though, it scares the living daylights out of Marylanders because just one sign of snow and it's sheer panic to the grocery stores. Uh, you know, bread and milk, of course, is the joke that everyone has to go get. And toilet paper. Don't and forget toilet, that. Yeah, well, right. Toilet paper became a reality yes. after the pandemic yeah. of what could happen. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, so I uh, last night in the cold, in the dark, I decided to put on my uh, winter tires. No kidding. I know. I, I should have done it I, Saturday. I can't even believe I, that. Saturday was such a nice day, and I was doing stuff outside and cleaning up my deck, getting it ready for the winter time. And I kept on saying, "There's something else I wanted to do," <laughs> <laughs> because my winter tires were in the back of the suburban, and you know, I had to say that of mine. And then when I saw the weather report, it was already raining. I'm like, "Oh my god!" Now I gotta just pick some time at night to. Uh, so, what's the winter Jesus. car? The same BMW. BMW. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Just curious. I, I thought you were going to say suburban, and you know I could see that. Yeah. See, I I, uh, I don't do the winter tire thing. I have uh, all weather tires, so I don't have to change my tires year round, and they're still good in the snow. Well, although in the dry they kind of suck, I, I have to say. Well, I mean, all weather. That's not a term. You. It's not um, all, all season. season. They're right. all weather. All season. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a difference. Yeah, you know, there's the three peak snowflake mountain sign, which in Europe signifies, I believe, that it can be used in, in winter where winter tires are required. Um, but they're very nice and it takes out the step that I, you had to do on the weekends. Well, fortunately, uh, I would take my winter tires. I love my winter tires, mm-hmm. especially you at least have a front wheel drive car. So you have a fighting chance. I have a Z3 with absolutely no weight in the rear. Yeah. So it's, yeah. uh, I was amazed how good the winter tires made this car, uh, with that perform. thing, I think you almost need studded tires. Uh, it does really well. Yeah. I mean, I, I showed uh, my wife. Uh, we went up a hill with about six inches of snow. It's it's about as high as you can go because then you start feeling it in the uh, the bottom of the car scraping as you uh, you drive along. But yeah. So, yeah. so uh, my first car out of college was a '87 uh, Mustang GT, and I remember sitting on a hill, literally put it into first, got out of the car. So the car is still running in first, and I'm trying to push the car by myself up the hill because With it just sat there spinning. Spinning? In literally your, spinning. That, that sounds dangerous. No, it, it wasn't the <laughs> smartest of moves, but, you know. Did it work at all? Yeah, yeah. I pushed it, nice. and it got going and ran up, jumped in the side, and I was going to say, once you're at the top of the hill, you right. can't keep pushing, right? <laughs> right. you got to no, no. be ready. Oh, yeah. That scene will play itself if it snows in Maryland. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, but if it snows, that scene's played out in any kind of hill. You have people pushing these cars, and, and they're going sideways up the hill. And I always oh, wonder. It's amazing. What happens when you hit the next hill? You just try to hope to find strangers. Time for a new car. Willing to to push you uh, up this hill. Yeah, Yeah. and all our fans out in the western states, I mean, the Marylanders, as they go up a hill, they slow down. Which, of course, everybody knows, you know, keep everything moving. Nope, they slow down. It's just amazing. It's funny, um, being from Southern California, I didn't really have to deal with driving the snow. You know, whenever I went skiing or snowboarding, it was always a different driver like my parents um but yeah coming out here totally different story it doesn't snow a lot which is why i think you see so many people who don't have winter tires on out here yeah and having all those issues i mean we we only get one or two maybe yeah, three exactly. days so it's hard to justify a big expense like that for a few days of snow yeah 
So we usually do uh, start off the podcast with what we did uh, last week. And as the winter uh, time sets in, obviously, uh, stuff we do with cars starts to slow down. Mm. Um, I know Bob and I always uh, try to do cars and coffee. Um, obviously, it's getting colder and colder. So, uh, um, but we we managed to do it last last Saturday. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you actually brought out your uh, uh, 944. I'll let you describe what you bought it, but uh, it was on seven-year-old R compound tires you drove in. <laughs> I think it was thirty-degree weather when 30, we were. Yeah, yeah. You, it, you tiptoed into everything and braking and all that kind of stuff, but um, it worked. Um, so I showed up uh, last week with a uh, 1988 uh, factory uh, Porsche Rothmans Turbo Cup car. Um, the good and the bad thing about a wonderful factory race car, especially this one, is it's got no heat. So uh-huh. I'm, I'm all bundled up with a hat and gloves inside the car, and you can see my breath as I'm driving. But, um, um, you know, literally a factory race car, you're driving on the street. And as Manny said, um, seven-year-old race tires, which is crazy. Were those endurance racers or sprint racers? Those were uh, sprint racers. Sprint race. So yeah. you didn't need to like defog your windshield when it got cold uh, out, or I mean, <laughs> they they still had um, you know the air circulating up toward the windshield, and okay. so it, yeah. it would blow it. But uh, you know, of course, the windows were down and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, this one just showed up from Belgium, and um, it's a fabulous car. Um, the very first Rothman chassis ever produced wow. and driven by uh, Ludwig Heinrich. So before oh, we go nice. further, uh, I, uh, you know, we were discussing this at Cars and Coffee. Uh, the Rothman seems to be the most popular of the Turbo Cups, but then I, I started asking you about the, um, uh, what was it, the Escort Cup? Yeah, there was a U.S. Escort Cup. And um, uh, and then I thought about it afterwards. I thought, isn't wasn't there a Firehawk series? Yeah, yeah Firehawk was later, more of the... Um, was that the S2? Nine, S2 yeah, I the S2's okay. 968 Firehawk series. But then you told me that the Escort series never really happened. Yeah, it didn't. They built uh, 11 of those cars, and two of them went up to uh, Canada for an endurance race. So those two were actually used. The other nine, nothing. Uh, the Escort series died before it ever started. But well, after you told me that in the, in the limited production, I kind of scratched my head because when we went to the Aldrain uh, Concord, we had the Friday uh, gathering at the point. Um, somebody brought a uh, a uh, Escort Cup, mm-hmm. but he had it in Rothman's livery. Right. So everyone walked up, thought it was Rothman's, and I started talking to him, and he said, well, actually, he said it's an Escort Cup. I just put the Rothman's livery on it. And I thought, but it's not what you just told me. It sounds more rare. Yeah, it is. a better story, I guess, than the Rothmans. Well, and the Rothman cars, there were 39 of those, and they were all raced. The Escort cars, nine of them, as I said, they didn't do anything. Um, So uh, I always thought, and this is very personal, um, I always thought the Rothman cars were the best looking of all the Turbo Cup cars. It was just a great livery, and all the cars were the same in terms of their livery. They differentiated with their windshield banner. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, that Rothman logo on the side was, was just very recognizable. Nice. Do so, you know why they stuck to Canada, just, just to the Canadian tracks? It just was uh, the series that was set up. Um, in 19, it started out with the Rothman 944s, and I think that was 85 to 87, and then the Turbo Cups came on in 88, 
and Rothman was trying to increase its exposure up in Canada in specific. So, you know, again, Turbo Cups were all over the world, Mm -hmm. uh, but the Rothman series was very specific to Canada only. So this is um, a car that was built in Wysock, uh, just Mm -hmm. like the 911 Cup cars were. Yeah, yeah. The next year, um, in 1990, the C2 Cup came out. Um, But, yeah, these are are factory-built race cars with uh, about 52 changes from a normal car. Um, the biggest of which were, um, magnesium intake, magnesium oil pan, uh, fiberglass front hood, um, stripped out inside, no, um, insulation or undercoating, bigger turbo, 928 S4 brakes, um, better programming, um, magnesium wheels too, yeah, right? Yeah, magnesium rims, which are, are very yeah. helpful. I, I mean, we've, we've talked about, uh, unsprung weight, and so you can imagine, taking a rim and you know splitting half the weight off um, but these cars were very very special and they're really starting to get the recognition that uh, yeah. that they deserve very cool cars yeah i didn't realize for a long time that the wheels were magnesium because if i remember correctly they look and there's probably a yeah so and they look like a standard phone dial yeah they correct? do correct yeah so how would you tell if it, b- besides the weight how do you tell if you're looking at a magnesium yeah, because wheel? the, the uh, 911 cups had the uh it actually said magnesium on the oh, right. ones. Right. On the outside, yeah. there's a stamping on the inside of these. But as Manny uh, said once, wouldn't you love to show up at a, you know, swap event and there's a magnesium set there sitting for 200 bucks because yeah. the guy has <laughs> Nobody, no, no idea. Clue. Sure, uh, yeah. This had to have happened at some oh, point. Yeah. 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 But someone didn't know. Uh, but, but yeah, they're, they're designed after the phone dials. Uh, but they were staggered up front and rear. Uh, for larger tires, and they're very, very rare. Yeah, I bet. So, what's it like to drive? Um, it's 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 so much like every other Porsche. It is its brother on steroids. Mm-hmm. So, in 1988, um, Porsche came out with the Turbo S package, which essentially was a turbo cup car with air conditioning and all the amenities and all that kind of stuff. But the cup car and the street car were about 500 pounds different. And so yeah. even if they had the same power, which they didn't, um, a lot of teams were saying, we're getting over 300 to the wheels. Wow. Um, the Turbo S was 247 at the crank. So it, it you know, the cup cars really were uh, amazing race cars. Yeah. Yeah. So how did they check for cheating back then? I mean, it was, they were using a chip. It wasn't flashed, right? Um, yeah, they, they did a lot of the things that they do today. They sealed everything with lead seals that if you take it off, it's pretty obvious. Um, so they sealed the engine. They sealed the ECU. They sealed suspension um, and sealed the gearbox. So it was pretty much up to driver and team how you set it up. Does your car still have the seals on it? It's got um, one of them. Which um, one? It's got the one on the head, actually, which means that it was it was probably rebuilt and then resealed by the uh, series. I see. Yeah. But, so, you know, again, if you love front engine, rear transaxle, I mean, it's exactly that, but on steroids. Yeah. I, I love well, I love that, but I love the fact that it's a factory built 
right. race car, which um, I always say that uh, you can probably ball it up, but as long as you have that chassis number, yeah, um, you can rebuild it, and it still holds its value where – I used to always say about my 911 that I raced it. If I ball it up, I've just balled up a street C2. It's true. It's yeah. not uh, anything special, but if I would have balled up a, a cup card, then it's worth, uh, you know, fixing, which a lot of people kept factory race cars. They got balled up, and then later on, when they re- increased in value, decided to fix them up because it was worth the uh, repair of getting sure. it fixed. Actually, in its day, I mean, even Porsche, you know, in the early 70s, is a teeny tiny little company. So when they were done with a race car, out it went to the backyard and um just they were done with it sold or crushed yeah, or sold whatever. you know sold off to a collector or a you know good customer or given to a factory race car driver so um you can imagine the scene you know out there with you know a couple of older race cars just sitting out behind Vysock. it's yeah. just amazing and some of these cars are made only for one or two races at the most yeah and then they went on to the uh, next car so uh, yeah so what drew you to the uh, uh, 944 Turbo Cup? Um, you know, I mean, you guys know me. I, I am yeah, drawn. It's very different from, you know, the air-cooled stuff that we've seen at your shop. Sure. So far. Um, I, I, my very first car, Porsche, was an 86 944 Turbo. So hmm. it, it uh, drew me with its looks, its balance, everything about it. Um, then... Back then, I actually um, bought an 89 Turbo. And mm. all the things that you wished from the previous Turbos had been solved. Mm. I mean, brakes were out of this world. Acceleration was better. Limited slip, suspension. Um, everything about it was better. Yeah. And so, you know, for me personally, um, 944s are just, you know, old hat. And uh, one of the, the chassis I've loved from the beginning. Nice. Well, good to see you in a, a Turbo Cup. Yeah, thanks. Well, yeah, you well, can be in one, too. So, <laughs> When we were racing, I mean, that at least uh, 30% of the field was uh, front-engine water-cooled cars. Yeah, sure. Think about you know how relatively inexpensive they were. And, I mean, back then, heck, you could buy a 944 for $15,000. Oh, and they had ABS, mm-hmm. too, right. which the, uh, you know, the 87, 88, uh, right. 89, 911s didn't have. Yep. So yeah, that was uh, it was like a no brainer, uh, and plus it was a lot easier to drive I think than the uh, rear engine 911s. Yeah, they so. they were they're they're a fifty fifty uh, balance, and similar to the Cayman of today, um, you get into a Cayman and okay instantly you're Michael Schumacher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean I know I know. Look how amazing <laughs> of a driver I am. So you know it's <laughs> See, that's exactly Damon, what I Damon, say. Damon's <laughs> ego is going down because uh, right. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, easy to drive, very fast. Um, And then um, reliable, uh, I thought, always beautiful. And so you you check a whole bunch of boxes. Yeah, I had an S2 for several years, and I loved that car. I still think the S2 is the best out of all the 944 and 968 range. I'm going to put that out there. It's my favorite. Yeah, I mean, again, the 968 was sort of the the ultimate evolution because it took all that low-end power mm-hmm. and gave all the high-end power of the turbo yeah. and then a very refined chassis. Yeah. So um, I, I've had S2s as well, and I loved them. Um, yeah. I, I mean, again, there's, there's not really a 944 that I ever didn't like. Yeah, yeah, same. So, yeah. yeah, and unfortunately, they used to be cheap. But uh, they <laughs> no also uh, 
as the, as the uh, tide went uh, across of the pricing of uh, Porsches, they became uh, expensive too. And the uh, Turbo S, you know, everyone became the D uh, one you have to buy is the eighty eight oh, yeah. uh, Turbo yeah. S. I mean, it, you know, Manny and I talk about this. Porsche does not make a slower car. So yeah. every single year, you know, it's like, well, what about this one? Yes, it's faster. I mean, that's their job. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's the iteration just continued faster and faster and faster until the very end, which was, as you said, 968. Yeah. 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 For me, it's the, uh, the 968, the Vario cam. I don't know what it is, but I, I love feeling the car come, the S2 came on cam, you mm-hmm. know, around 35, 4,000. And the 968, more power, smoother, more refined. But that, I actually like that less than the S2. Hmm. That's why I like the S2, if anyone was wondering. Well, a, a guy that I uh, really respect in the United States, um, sort of a mentor of mine, tells me all the time, it's a lot more fun to drive a slow car fast than yep. a fast car slow. Agreed. So, Which is why I daily a 138-horsepower <laughs> Old BMW. Well, yeah. then you're having a ball. I yeah. am. I am be. flat out more than anybody else probably. <laughs> well, and, and what did you say about your 914? You're on the floor more yes. than any other I driver out it. there. Yep. <laughs> I always tell the joke about being black flagged because they said my brake lights were out. And when I asked which turn it was, I said, I don't use brakes there. I just lift <laughs> 95 horsepower. Right. Uh, you don't have to use brakes. It's uh, The wind will slow you down automatically. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So um, I see Anthony walking around right there. I don't know if you can. It's about five minutes, wanna, I think. If you want to lean in. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if we can get his attention. And while we're getting Anthony here to talk about his first DE, I'll uh, remind everyone that if you're uh, enjoying our uh, podcast or any of our videos, Uh, Remember to like, subscribe, and comment. That helps the show. Uh, We do read every comment, positive or negative. My favorite one was, uh, are you guys high? (laughs) (laughs) Good Lord. Well, Maryland, Maryland did, just that's did what pass we said. that. We, so, we just, yeah. That's legal now, yeah. Maryland. When, it's crazy. Uh, but that, I think that was when uh, Vu did the video with uh, Bogdan about uh, the um, the shoes and having him race uh, right. a boxster that was... Uh, well, right now we're all in sandals, but no one would know, right? Yeah, exactly. Although, if you knew me, I, I'd never wear sandals. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, well, you know... We had an episode talking about uh, Nathan Murs and his flip flops. Oh, uh, good gosh! Uh, one of our listeners was not too uh, thrilled about that. Um, Porsche uh, Design sold it to him, or sold the pair of flip flops. Can't have any issue with that, right? Oh yeah, the Porsche Design flip flops. So I think they're okay. But <laughs> yeah, so exactly. Porsche. Now I'm sure Nathan's on this boat trip too, so yeah. he's. Uh, I'm sure going to send us a lot of photos of him wearing his uh, flip flops around. Uh, have you ever done a cruise, Bob? You know, Manny, I did. Um, I know I, you didn't. You didn't live on a boat, did you? At some point? Uh, no, I lived in the Caribbean for about That's a, what a it was. year. Yeah. Um, and then I did one cruise. And what I will tell you is, you can buy this option, which is a everything card. Yeah. And so basically, you walk anywhere on the boat, and you get anything you want to eat or drink, or you know, access to these shows, et cetera, et cetera. And so we got so used to the everything card. When we got off the boat, we tried our everything card. <laughs> in the island? In, in, yeah, in other, other places in the Caribbean. It just didn't work. So, <laughs> oh, I've never been on a cruise. so uh. It's it's actually, you know, if you go with the right people because you're, you're stranded on this 
giant piece of metal. If you go with the right people, it's great. Mm. Um, if you're, you know, not, then, you know, theoretically, I guess you could be bored, but there's so much to do. Yep. So Manny and I were talking about it. Um, hey, Anthony. Oops. Hey. <laughs> Hi, Anthony. Did you get a phone call? Because I saw you hanging around there, and then you disappeared. Yeah, I just uh, texted him, too. I was waiting for Robert to give me the signal, and oh. he said, come back at 940. Anthony works in member services, so Anthony is our first line. I don't want to say defense, because that sounds like our <laughs> members are attacking us, but the first line of communication that when our members call, there's a good chance if you hear, well, actually, if you hear a male voice, it's 99.9% going to be Anthony answering the phone. So why don't you put your headphones on, nice and close to that microphone. Pull right. your seat up, and uh, he uh, he um, answers many many a, a question for our members when they call up, uh, including um, uh, renewal for uh, membership. Probably a little closer. You weren't here for the uh, for the prime orientation orientation right. that uh, these. Is that close enough? Yeah, yeah, that looks good to me. Okay, Robert cool. says you're good. All right. Our foresight, the, the the voice of God over our headphones. <laughs> no no one sees them, but he's where, in the, Where did that come from? <laughs> right. I promise I've been good. <laughs> so how do you pronounce your last name, Anthony? Solero. Solero. I thought Anthony was Italian, but he's actually Portuguese. Oh, no kidding. Uh, so yeah. what a guess. Yeah, most people think it's Italian. Yeah, so I mean, with the last name like that, spelled like that, I thought the, That's what I assumed. It was yep. Italian, but... Uh, Tony, right? Anyone call you Tony? Yeah, like my good friends will call me Tony. No, so we're not your good yeah, friends. Yeah, I was just going to say you, <laughs> you guys are relegating <laughs> something else. <laughs> my good friends, except for my PCA people. Yeah, right. exactly. Now so, you guys can call me Tony. So yeah. how, how old are you, Tony or Anthony? I I just turned twenty nine. Twenty nine. Okay. I was try, I was trying to remember when I did my first driver's ed event. That's right around this. And I think I was twenty six. Uh, yeah. I think I was about Anthony's yeah. age. And. Um, but so the difference here is that so uh, Anthony uh, was doing sim racing, mm. which we didn't have. Right. Yeah. We still had black and white TVs back then. When we were, uh, <laughs> I had Gran Turismo 4. Right. I got up to change the channels. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and he's very good at sim racing. He's won several races and. Uh, just one. Just one? Okay. I, I know, you, I think you're faster than Jim Hemmick, who's our. Uh, yeah, definitely. Our sim racing guru. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Damon has confirmed it. That, uh, no kidding. <laughs> Boy. And, I, and I know Jim, Jim has a lot more seat time. Yeah. He'll admit it. And so, uh, and if you get a call tomorrow, Anthony, from a guy named Jim, you know who it is. <laughs> so I, uh, I thought, I said, you know, this is pretty cool to talk to someone who's done their first driver's ed, and uh, but has done sim racing. It's like a different generation. Um, so uh, uh, why don't you tell us... Um, First of all, did the sim racing help? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I mean, yeah, I was different than probably most people. I think most people that do sim racing are probably were first track guys, and then they do sim racing kind of on the side, and I was the opposite where I started sim racing. I never did any sort of motorsport driving ever until last month. So what was your, where did you have your driver's at? It was at Summit Point okay. on Maine with uh, Metro New York okay. region, PCA. See any deer out there? No, I didn't. Oh, that's good. So, Anthony, you drive a um, R32, is it? At Golf R. Golf R. Yeah, get with the time. I am not, R32 I am not a BW. Is like I'm not a BW expert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, Golf R. It's uh, the successor to the R32 in a yep, sense, right? Essentially, yep. 
So for the people that don't know, Anthony, give us the uh, the specs on that car. Uh, well, my car's been changed a little bit. What more specifically? Horsepower. So it's the same engine that it came with. Yes, it has the same engine. Okay, so but I, I have a different tune and a different downpipe. I'm running. Um, I think everyone that has that car probably has a different. Uh, does anybody drive a stock Volkswagen? <laughs> uh, Not many. Yeah, they're mostly probably modified. And there, I mean, stock, I think it makes about 270 yeah. horsepower, 300 foot-pounds of torque, but with just like a downpipe and a tune, it's mid-300s and 400 yeah. torque. Yeah, so but if you were listening there, you, you just heard Anthony's car being uh, uh, film, film trackside, oh, yeah. and that is what a Golf R with a downpipe and a tune sounds like. It's very nice. So it's front-wheel drive. It's, all-wheel drive. It's all-wheel, all-wheel drive. drive. Oh, I don't know anything about these cars. Yeah, it's yeah. So the R32 <laughs> brought out all-wheel drive, and they've kept that with the R models. Is it yep. a true true PDK, dual-clutch dual system, or it, no? It's the, their DSG. So I think the difference is, I think a lot of the Porsches are dry-clutch, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, wet-clutch for... So DSG and PDK are both wet-clutches, I believe. Both wet-clutches, um, okay. They're just VWs versus Porsches. But, yeah. But the same, same thing. So a true dual-clutch, dual then. Yeah, the clutch yeah. disengages, engages. Yep. Okay. Yeah, VW did that with the GTI all the way back in 05. Wow. Um, 05 or 06, whenever the Mark V came out. Hmm. I'm pretty sure. I think it was, yeah, 06 probably here in the U.S. Yeah, so 06, so Bugatti Veyron came out, GTI came out, and both had uh, dual-clutch transmissions. So, that's what so we're, we're watching uh, in-car of Anthony going Summit Point. Um, did you have an instructor with you, or did they sign you off? I, I had um, Connor actually here from the office was my instructor. I sort of I needed probably some I needed probably a nudge from someone to actually go to the track. I wasn't the type of person who was just going to show up totally blind by myself and okay. go around the track. So it was great to have him kind of introduce me. He's been doing the club racing stuff obviously for a long time. Yeah, your line looks great, but um, this to you it probably looks like a television screen, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's really the sim is where like that it can be really beneficial for learning the line and kind of where to be and when to break. Mm-hmm. You get a great idea of that just from, from driving in the sim. So what, are the what, surprised you, what's, what surprised you on the, uh, that you could do on the sim that you said, oh, my God, I cannot do this in real life? Uh, how fast you go through the chute. <laughs> Oh really? Yeah, I guess <laughs> yeah, that, that's uh, um, that's definitely a pucker factor turn. That's probably yeah. the most pucker factor. You're going downhill with a slight right hand turn, and the car feels really light, the really light yeah. and unsettled. <laughs> and yeah, in the in the sim, you probably are not lifting much, and then in real life, you're braking before. <laughs> At least I was. Yeah, mm, we'll get you out of that that <laughs> habit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But right. the thing about the shoot, uh, some of the point is, um, you probably can take it flat out. You'll never stop for turn five. <laughs> the one time I tried it, I, I didn't stop. I couldn't stop in time because it was just uh, I carried so much more speed that I realized that you know what I'm just going to get through this turn, and while I'm racing, I'm going to make sure that no one passes me. Yeah, I'm just going to be uh, play defense on this because uh, I, I I just couldn't go that much faster through it. It wouldn't pay off at the uh, next turn. How many hours do you figure you have, Anthony, at, at Summit Point sim wise? Ooh, probably. I mean, we did um, like the last the series eight in sim racing. We had an official race there, so I probably had three, four, five hours of practice, and then the race. So I probably had five, six hours of time driving around. So yeah, when I went there, it was like I mean, I knew exactly where I was at all times. Mm. 
I mean, you know what curbs you can take and what curbs to stay off of it's from amazing. from the sim. It's a very, very accurate representation of the track. So PCA uses iRacing, right? Yep. And iRacing is uh, what the pros use, and they, they digitally map these tracks. So, uh, yeah, you'd be amazed how accurate. Uh, so the bump in, in uh, turn nine is actually still there, right? Probably. You can ask Anthony. Yeah. I haven't driven Summit in a while. But, I can't. Uh, which turn is turn nine? <laughs> it's the one before the bridge. Before the, the bridge, going up the bridge. Where was there a bump? Well, there's a bump on the inside at at uh, eight, and then the apex of nine, and then as you it track, it kind of moves you over just a little yeah, bit. Just just moves you. But over. you know, you you're, you're on the right line when you hit the bump because right. it moves you over, and you're like, yes. If you don't feel that bump, something happened. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes it's actually better just to be six inches off the bump because it doesn't unsettle the car. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember a bump there, to be honest. It might be one of these things yeah. where you can't replicate. Uh, yeah, it's hard to do. Yeah, it's in a, this, uh, a sim. There used to be instructors. I remember when I first started that would drive by um, landmarks. I called them, and <laughs> they could point out cracks in the track. And I would be saying, "Wow!" And I guess just from autocrossing, you know, that I was used to looking ahead all the time. And I'm like, well, I can't be looking at that for that crack. But my eyes are like to the next turn, not. Right. Uh, but he would say, uh, you know, just look for the uh, expansion joint, put your right wheel on that, and right. uh, it was a totally a, a, a different style. But some people loved that. They would look for the uh, those landmarks, or they would say, look for the top of the trees and right. position your car. And the great uh, thing is, the, and then they came along and they repaved the, the track and <laughs> cut down the tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like an example of that with Summit was before the last turn, there's a, like a power line. That goes overhead, and that was your when you went under the power line. That's when you needed to brake. And that was the same on yeah. I racing as well. Yeah. So, what mm. kind of car were you? Were you weren't racing a. Uh, no, it's a at some point right? in the sim. I I was driving the uh, cup car, the new nine nine two cup car. So, yeah, you have to remember that you're not in a nine nine two cup car. I was about to say. So your <laughs> braking you, probably was further back, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when I I was actually. I had to be kind of coaxed into braking later. I was definitely cautious of, for braking uh, for the first part of the day, but I had like four 30-minute sessions. So that, that video was from my last one. So I was probably getting the most comfortable with uh, where I was braking. I know yesterday point. you were talking about the, how it's hard to replicate, like you said, the uh, feeling when you brake and your harnesses uh, not, don't lock up, but they grab you. Right. And, um, yeah, that's... that's uh, the expensive rig that we had here set up that came for a day, uh, I could feel the um, weight transfer, which was no pretty kidding. cool. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that that's was amazing. very cool. And it was uh, very gradual, the suspension changes, because I've been in other uh, full motion ones that shook so bad like a um, like an amusement park ride that, you know, I joked, I would say, if my car did that for real, I would be in a pit so fast. Sure. Because something major broke on my suspension. But this was... Um, very subtle uh, what they had uh, uh, set up. Did you feel that, Damon, when you drove it? I did. Yeah, especially on the brakes and trail braking out, you can you could feel it kind of pitch you up a little bit to give you that feeling of the rear end getting a little bit lighter. Oh yeah, I could yeah. definitely with that rig. Um, now was yeah. that the seventy thousand dollar seventy or eighty thousand dollar? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but you there. start thinking about it, and you can justify it very quickly of um, how much cheaper it is than real racing. Sure. But that means then you have to admit to your wife how much you really spent on racing. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, we, we stopped looking at that long ago. 
So, Anthony, everybody's wondering, so what kind of times did you turn at Summit Point? Oof, I don't even remember. My, I think my oh, best lap time. Very was good. Remember. Yeah. That's the oh, first yeah. excuse that a good driver always says. Right. Boy, when you I, say I we were a lot of time. Right. It was it was a, a little wa- a ways off of you what Connor drove in the wet. So, yeah, but you're, you're not actually officially timing anything because it's an yeah. H- HPE. Yes, thank you, Damon, for clarifying. So, yes. there's not no official. stop watching the car. Right. Yeah, you yeah. The app it. tells you however accurate that is. The little app yeah. I was using tells you on your phone yeah. what lap time you ran but no i wasn't really paying too much attention and i drive my car every day so i'm not <laughs> trying to set the world on fire with anything that's, that's good i used to have the my wife is going to kill me if i wreck my car limiter right <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right so that's why i would break maybe a little sooner than the next guy because i uh yes wanted to bring my car home in one piece and if you go there long enough and for so many times i'm sure bob knows this mentally in your head you can see a wreck where someone's wrecked in every single turn. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, that's very sobering. At, at Watkins Glen, that was really huge. Oh, it's amazing. And sometimes some of the regions at Watkins Glen would put the wrecked cars right at uh, the exit from the gar- um, garages. Don't so let everyone, this happen to you. Everyone right? had to, like, it was like a drunk driving thing. You know, you, <laughs> you parked the car from the drunk driver on the side of the road here. You, you passed by this wrecked Porsche, and that was, like, very sobering as you went out. You know, a funny story, so... The, the sad part about it is, okay, everyone's safe, everyone's back, every, everything's okay, and then the vultures come around. Are you going to use that part? Yeah, oh, my God. Can yes. I use your, your tires? <laughs> what about your brake pads? Can I just use them for the weekend? It's not even dead yet, you know? So I saw an Ars America get total the summit, and uh, yeah. Right. The, uh, the tail was intact. And <laughs> right. come up going, How uh, much you want for that I'll tail? Give me this much for the tail. I was like, wow, the body's so warm in there. Just uh, literally. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to jump soon, you know. You got to, uh, yeah. Hopefully, uh, obviously, that'll never happen to uh, <laughs> to you. But you see yourself doing it again? Oh, yeah. I'm already, like, I'm wishing that I kind of, I did my first one November 5th, so I'm not a great time to go right back out. But, yeah, I'm waiting for warmer weather, and I'll be out as soon as I can be. Well, uh, warmer I, I, weather is south. Yeah, exactly. Carolina Motorsport Park, there. Savannah, Sebring. Yeah, eventually Sebring, yeah. Yeah. But I would suggest, since you're starting this off, is, and you're married, you're uh, fairly new to, to the marriage thing. Not engaged. To, almost maybe. Engaged, I'm sorry. Right, right. I'm right. speaking ahead of myself. Uh, um, I would not bring up the fact that this uh, is somewhat dangerous. Mm. Because, you know, it is, but then again, you look at the, num- at the, uh, the, the numbers, it's actually... Very it's un- low. unbelievably yeah. safe. Yeah. I used to tell my wife, if it was in any way that I was going to get hurt doing this, I would not be doing it. Right. So I'm not a thrill seeker. I'm not bungee jumping. I'm not doing anything that I think is uh, risky. You know, it's uh, the best thing you can tell your wife is, look, uh, a Porsche factory race car is the safest car in the world. So if you love me, you'll let me buy one. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. It's right. <laughs> a great way to start off right. the marriage. Right. Right. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, I actually did see there were two, not luckily not not serious accidents, but there were two spins at the last turn. Someone ended up in the gravel, and someone did take a little bit of the tire wall, but nothing too bad. Yeah, the gravel's fine. Yeah, uh, that's tire no wall not deal. so much. Yeah, but that was actually in the more advanced. Uh, I think the most advanced group, which I believe for them was red. Yeah, my first driver yeah. said it was actually sleeting. Oh my gosh! And uh, I I had been autocrossing for about six years. So they put me in the uh, what they call the blue group, so the second highest. But I'd never done a track of it, right? And uh, but of course, you, when you're you're so naive, you don't know that that's really unusual to be put in that kind of group when you've never been on the track. 
but the uh, instructor was the chief instructor was like, no, no, you autocross, you might as well just jump up to the blue group. And of course, everyone said, uh, get your tires shaved. Don't get the R- BFG R1s uh, full tread. Get them shaved. So I paid extra to have them shaved, <laughs> which means all the tread's gone, right. and now it's sleeting. And I got pictures somewhere of uh, me talking to my first instructor, and there's snow laying on the car. Oh my gosh! And I went out there on basically ball tires. Uh, first time ever, just uh, scared to death of uh, between the car uh, being icy out there on the, our compound tires and on a track I never knew, getting passed by everyone and his brother. Uh, but it was a baptism by fire, and I uh, and he, and you lived through it. I finally, I did live through it. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, uh, but I tell people, start off in the green. Just start off in the green; it'll make your life a, a lot easier and more comfortable. Um, but that's that's great. That's uh, good to hear that uh, sim racing uh, helped you out. I think I wish I would have had it when I was starting. Oh, out. me too, absolutely. Many a track yeah. we went to that uh, yeah. we're sitting around the entire first day, going, "Now wait a minute, how do you do this? Where's that? Right?" Oh. I know when uh, Damon uh, starts to do drivers ed, uh, I'm gonna, it's going to be interesting um, because uh, I'm convinced that my autocrossing helped me learn tracks very quickly. Mm-hmm. Where I could learn them within a few laps, right, and know exactly. And, and usually, the people I was with that weren't autocrossers would take much longer to learn the tracks. But you know, in autocrossing, you gotta basically learn it on that first run, uh, so you can take advantage of the next three or four runs to be competitive. So when you know when Damon starts doing it, it'll be interesting to we'll, see. We'll see. The, you know, I've done track events before, but since t- 2008, I've done four track days, maybe five. What's your car, Dan? It was a S2 for okay. Thunder Hill, one day at Thunder Hill. My S2 at Streets of Willow, two days. And the Streets of Willow was my first one. Then Barber Motorsports Park for the Porsche School. And that's it. Hmm. I'm pretty sure that's it. Okay. When it comes to track days. Well, yeah, not a lot of experience, now actually. Now Anthony can help you with the same. Yeah, part. I know. Now I'm going to have to. Can you yep. be my instructor? <laughs> sure. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, you can join me in Green Group. <laughs> Right. Well, I'm sure that's where I'll be joining. That's that's for sure. So, when it comes to uh, autocross, I know that you go out there, you autocross your car, and then you realize to go faster, you have to spend a bunch of money. So, for a track day, I'm pretty sure it's the same thing. What what are you going to spend money on next on your car to make it better? I really don't know. I mean, honestly, probably the main thing I should do is probably uh, invest in aftermarket wheels, yeah, so I can run a wider tire and. Um, a lot lighter of a wheel yeah. than like what's on it now. So, um, um, so, so Manny and I have have a lot of track time between the two of us. The best thing that you can do is invest specifically in you, and what I mean by that is time on the track. Uh, because if Manny can take your car and go out to Summit Point and he's fifteen seconds faster than you are, it's not the car. Right, that would never happen. But no, I'm <laughs> so, just kidding. You know, but but I think, uh, I think it's a challenge from David. There, you, there you go. Yeah, I, I think you know, <laughs> I think some of points. Oh, what did I, what calling I, what our did I dig here? Yeah, but but seriously, like I tell I tell all the people that say, "Hey, Bob, how do I get into racing?" Just go up and invest in you. Spend all the money you would spend on tires and wheels and all that crap, and go up to driver's ed after driver's ed after driver's ed. And you'll see your lap times coming down, 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 and the car is exactly the same. And nothing's right. more depressing uh, than when you're chasing someone and you walk up to them and you say, so what have you done to the car? And they go, 
No, it's all stock. I haven't done anything. Right. And you're like, oh, my God. (laughs) He's he's meeting with me with the stock car. And just like Bob said, just because of uh, When you get asked that, you feel great, though. That's what I mean. Yeah, uh, (laughs) you're in that position. I mean, there was when I first started, I had the 964. It was stock, but it was still a 964. And there was this kid in this. I'm going to say kid, but he was probably like two or three years younger than me. And a 944, normally aspirated. Um, like an 83, all 154 horsepower. He was exactly. He was all over my rear end, and the instructor would say, "Just let him go, yeah, and watch what he does and where he breaks." And uh, it took me like three events to finally pass him, and that was like huge for me. I'm like, sure. I finally went, but I was like, you know, credit to uh, you know this guy really knows how to wheel this car around, and I could see he was hardly breaking in turns and how he's taking his turns, but uh, that was a big. Uh, Ego crusher to have the uh, uh, normally aspirated <laughs> 944 pass your mighty 911, but but then as you got more and more into drivers, then you saw that a lot where uh, sure uh, you had the turbo drivers who would uh, nail it on the straights, but then they would be uh, snailing around the uh, corners and you know, right. that's the ones you yeah, love. Yeah, you're to honking pass the turbo. your horn and flashing, and no way I'm not letting you buy. I'm a turbo guy. <laughs> Pro tip, if you have a fragile ego, start with a slow car. Yeah, because you always have an excuse. Yes. Yeah. And here's a paradigm for you, Anthony. Don't go out and buy stickier tires. Go out and buy basically all season tires because everything that you learn will be at a slower speed. And the G lateral G loading on those tires will be significantly lower. So instead of sliding at 1.2 lateral Gs, you'll slide at 0.6 lateral Gs. And then you learn all about car control. Because the car is moving all around little by little. And then once you graduate, you say, all right, I've got this car where I want it. Now I put on stickier tires. Poof, you have all the car control in place. So just a, an idea. Yeah, and I actually I didn't want <clears throat> to be the person who over-modifies the car before they've ever taken it to the track. So I am glad I haven't. I mean, it's I have H&R lowering springs, a little bit of power added, and that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I didn't luckily do too much. So I could get, I probably can get a lot closer to the limit, like you're saying. Like I can make that car go a lot faster. But I, I luckily haven't done too much where it's like the limit is unattainable for a newer driver. Yep, and always do brakes before you add more power, right? Yeah, well, I <laughs> didn't follow that one. Yeah, safety stuff. Yeah, the best thing you can do is is where you feel comfortable. So put in a five point harness and a race seat before you do anything because then it's safe hold you in place you can feel the car instead of holding yourself in place and then you learn 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 so what would you say what's your best tip for somebody who has never done a track day since you're pretty fresh off of your first one um well i'd say get well obviously most places would probably make you have an instructor but yeah have an instructor and if possible yeah do do some racing familiarize yourself with the track it's like I could, I could talk to someone probably about Watkins Glen and like, oh, I turn in here and I've never even been there, yeah. but just from the hours of driving it in the sim, I have a good idea of yeah. of the track and how to get around it. So I mean, if you can drive it in a sim, do it for sure. Yeah, drive it in a sim at, before ever going to the track. Yeah, that's in the old days we used to walk the track. Yep. And uh, I remember they had me do a track walk, lead the track walk. And that's when I discovered I am the worst person for leading a track walk because <laughs> I, 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 I guess I drove um, by feel or I couldn't tell which brake markers I broke at because I said, you know, I would just know. I would look ahead and see which 
where I had to start breaking. So I would sit there with a crowd of like 100 people following me going, I think I break at the third. <laughs> it's either well, here and where or over there. Yeah, where's the apex? And I'm like trying to position myself to like, well, at this point I'm looking here around the corner and I, it's right around here. And I finally said to the chief instructor, I said, you need to get so-and-so because he like knows every crack in the road and where you're supposed to have your right wheel at. I said, I'm not very good at, uh, uh, in a, in a car as an instructor, I can tell the student, you know, uh, at this point, bring the car in, you know, go take it against the curb. But when you walk it, obviously everything's very slow. Yeah. And you know, it's, uh, uh, Manny, Manny and I came out of, um, PCA, uh, Chesapeake and PCA Potomac. So we take it for granted, but, um, PCA as an organization has absolutely the best driver's ed uh, program in the country. There's there's nothing even close. Um, You know, it's just incredible amounts of time, uh, great instructors, uh, a national instructor program, so everybody is essentially teaching the same way. And um, safety, safety, safety. But it's a great program. Um, And I, you know, good for you for going on up and getting started in it did connor have a communication system N- no so you're just yelling <laughs> just yelling <Yeah. laughs> um, slow down it was it was just on the straight it was hard to hear him he was trying to get me to get Faster, to the point where faster. i was i was starting to hit the abs into oh, turn yeah. one like so he's he's yelling like for getting abs getting abs <laughs> but and then i was on the i think it's turn maybe three or four that kind of uphill sweeping left-hander I missed the apex probably eight out of ten times <laughs> for that turn. I could not find that. I just for some reason. Yeah, I so. learned early on that it was worth the investment on the instructor's part to buy a communicator, because that way you could talk just like I'm talking now. Right. And uh, you weren't scream- screaming at the students, or, right. or worse, the student would hear something else. Like you never say great, never say great, because that sounds like break. <laughs> I never thought about that. Yet. So yeah, there's certain no words you learn that you can't say. Especially if you don't have a communicator, because it can be easily uh, heard differently, and so uh, and and then you would go off. Uh, you would, you would have to like dis- um, discuss terminology because you uh, you can't if you never no one ever heard a term bring it in tight. Right, they're not sure what that means. Right, uh, or or track out, they don't know what that means too. So I would tell the student sit down with the student ahead of time and say, so when you hear me say track out, I'm like I'm asking you to drive all the way to the edge of the track and. That's not bailout. No, <laughs> it's a. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad it worked out. You have to keep a surprise when you do uh, some more drivers' ed to see how you uh, you progress. Uh, your lines look great, like Bob said. They on the really video. do. So let's move over to some news. Uh, as we're reaching the end of the hour. Usually, Vu like moderates this thing, and it's uh, it's much easier being uh, on the side, not actually having to. Have no, you do. You're doing great. Sure. To, you're uh, doing great to watch it. Uh, Let's see. First Actually, we're going to kick Vu out for next time. I think I think you should just take <laughs> uh, over. No, no. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. Funny over, thing, huh? the podcast was my idea, and I produce it. Right. But it's a lot easier when uh, I, he can he can do the uh, the moderating stuff. Vu is a smooth operator yes. when it comes to that sort of stuff. Uh, so we had, there's a recall from Porsche. Mm-hmm. Fifty three cars were recalled. Uh, did you hear about this, Bob? Yeah, I mean, what what I understand manny is there's um a leather cover right yep. for the airbag yeah. and those cars that got a leather dash that also cover the airbag there's uh, something up with the adhesive so i'll have to assume 
either it's too weak and flying off everywhere or too strong and not letting the airbag open. But so if it goes off, are you going to have like a reverse airbag sign on your face? <laughs> if it's, yeah, uh, probably. Right, right. So, yeah, I'm sure there's 53 people have been notified. It affects 9-11s between uh, 2022 and 2023. So um, it probably isn't you, but if you have one of those cars. Yeah, maybe between September 13 and November 29th. Yeah, so leather leather dash, full leather dash only <clears throat> is what I understand. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if any other uh, manufacturer, because, you know, the media loves when anything involving the word Porsche, they will um, they, they will put in there like uh, a, a Porsche hit a person. And all I said was Porsche hits pedestrian. Right. And it was all over, the, like, the news feeds. But you read into it, and this person, like, wandered into the roadway, and basically a Cayenne hit him at night. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like a Cayenne was on the loose driving crazy. <laughs> yeah. It was just this person was uh, stepped escaped. off the road and went right. into, the, into the road. But I, and I know if it was a Chevy, would have never. It would have yeah. said a vehicle struck right. a pedestrian. Yeah. And I know that drives Porsche nutty. That uh, anytime something negative happens, the media loves to uh, tell people that it was a Porsche. The yeah, media uh, loves to go after the big guy. Uh, other news is uh, that the Matrix headlights. Mm. Um, that new version is coming out from uh, from Porsche. Um, these are the ones that are like the four lights, and the uh, they look pretty cool and pretty uh, mean. Uh, but uh, one of my pet peeves is aftermarket LEDs, and Boo loves them. And I'm like, well, you sure you love them because you're driving it, you're looking at them from the uh, driver's seat. The cars that are coming to you are being blinded by uh, factory LEDs are fine, but aftermarket, it, it, the housing is not right. Well, the amazing thing is if you if you read into this technology that Porsche um, is offering now because of you know our our system that didn't allow it for about a decade, the lights themselves can they'll know whether or not there's a beam heading out that yeah, could blind adjust, somebody, yeah. and they 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 turn off yeah. those particular LEDs, which is incredible technology. Yeah, and my uh, my mother-in-law's uh, Chevy uh, Equinox. Has that sensor for high beams, right? So it will turn on the high beams automatically, but when it senses uh, headlights, it turns off. But of course, I don't trust it, so um, <laughs> I, I turn it back on to make sure they're off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and the funny thing here is that Porsche's had these Matrix beam headlights, um, you know, uh, a first generation for a while now, but they haven't been legal here. So this will be our first introduction in the yeah. U.S. to these. Ten years. Kinds of lights. Yeah. It's Ten amazing. years, that's how Ten long they've had them. Ten years it's been uh, wow. over there. We're always the last in headlight technology. Yeah, what can we say? <laughs> so uh, Oliver Bluma uh, has confirmed that they are working on the new hypercar, mm-hmm. uh, which I was trying to get out of some high-level uh, executives at the um, LA Auto Show meet that I know. And uh, it won't be based on the, um, on the new 963. So that's a completely different car because um, you know when they came out the gt1 they had the gt1 streetcar uh, but it's not going to be the case here uh, but they pointed out that every decade uh, porsche has been coming out with a uh, supercar so uh, this will be very exciting to yeah. see what uh, and you know what it looks like i mean these engineers are sitting around and about every 10 years they just say all right that's it we have got to get this out of our system and they come up with something completely different and you know look back 10 years and 10 years and 10 years yeah i wonder if it's going to be all electric this time or if there's going to be some sort of hybrid component 
Well, with the new fusion breakthrough, maybe it'll be Mr. Fusion. Mr. Fusion, Fu- nuclear fusion. Yeah, yeah. this is new. Well, it's very, very, very new. Just announced right. this week right. that they uh, uh, haven't seen that. I guess <clears throat> discovered on limitless clean energy. Yeah, um, that's the promise, at least. Yeah, you, know, yes. you know, Mr. Fusion from Back to the Future. Yeah, you, you oh, gotcha. drop in a couple of you know peels of onions and yeah, of bananas, and poof, all that's what off it likes. Go. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it was said it, it on the news yesterday. It said it would make um, internal combustion engines uh, obsolete almost overnight. Yeah, well, it makes it every we'll every energy that. source obsolete overnight. Everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see how long it takes for them to bring it out. You know, and put them in a car, right? Yeah, that would be amazing. Well, like very I said, cool. I, I tell everyone. The cars and coffee we go to, there's guys with Model T's that right. drive their Model T's to the event. Yeah. So if Model T's are going to be allowed uh, th- uh, over 100 years later, I got a feeling even if there may be nuclear fission cars running around that uh, we'll still be driving around uh, our ice cars if we want to bring them to an event. Yeah. Um, you can imagine, you know, what do you mean, Daddy? You, you used to start your car and it... Ran on gas. <laughs> that that I'm yeah. convinced right. that they're going to. We're going to be just in awe of the fact that our engine. Our we relied on transportation from an engine, and how complex the engines are. Right. Um, it'll be. Uh, but at the same time, I think that's what people come to shows to come see. Hear people turn the car. Well, it was like the one time the guy, he you know went to the front of the car and cranked over the uh, right. Model T. We were just all amazed watching this uh, thing happen. Then so they, and now they, they, and Manny knows this about me. I'm gonna totally geek out here, but imagine if we could just transport ourselves, you know, because I'm a huge Star Trek fan. We'd step into whatever, and we show up at our vacation spot around the world. That would be great. Well, considering well, I spent an hour and forty five minutes on a tarmac <laughs> delayed, I think we got a while to go right, before right. Uh, before that happens. But what about the journey? <laughs> Forget <laughs> the journey. <laughs> so. uh uh, Porsche, uh, you know, Porsche announced that uh, they have been working on uh, t- on, uh, or they've had water cooled 911s for 25 years <laughs> now. Think about that. That's uh, about as long as they've been. I think as long as they've had uh, the air cooled engine out. Good God! Yeah, I believe that's. I think our, our social media specialist is not even 25 years old yet. Yeah, yeah, that's I think it's 24. Think about 24, yeah. So, yeah. 1998, right? Yep. Okay. And Porsche is like always a year behind. Right. So, um, and when they say, for us, we're saying, wait a minute, it's only 24 years, but uh, it's actually 25 uh, because they look at it when the vehicle was um, was well, announced or yeah. came out at the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's uh, that says a lot that uh, you know they've been building the cars that long. Because to me, I feel like the 996 is still somewhat new. Yeah, and and, and uh, you know? now it's a classic car. Can oh, you yeah. imagine yeah. that? Yeah. Uh, that's absolutely unbelievable. It's, uh, and Anthony's sitting over here. He's like, nine nine six. What the hell is it? I mean, well, I was I was gonna say I sort of remember when I was younger getting into cars and people like talking about water cooled stuff, and I didn't understand <clears throat> why that needed to be specified. I was like, yeah, it's water cool. Yeah, it's like, so, isn't that how all cool? Yeah, I was like, that, isn't that how all cars are? <laughs> Until I, of course, learned more about Porsche. But yeah, that's I'm too I'm a little younger. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, videos we have coming up, or not coming up, but rather uh, that we released last week. Uh, we had two of them. We had the uh, uh, headlight restoration. Yep, the headlight restoration. Uh, Vu did that, jeez, um, a week or two ago. And before that, it had been about three years since he had done a headlight restoration. We're not talking about um, like a 
not in bolt restoration here. We're talking no. about making the lens, which is fogged up, nice and clear, and then protecting it. And um, Griot's Garage is what he used for that first video, and now this new video, he's using another newer Griot's Garage product, which I kind of feel like he liked using more than that first one. So they, I, I love this. Well, I used the Cerakote version, but I think it's all about the same. They're using, like, ceramic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was... Uh, blown away because i've also tried different uh methods to get my z3's headlights uh to look uh new and um you know before they said uh, you have to uh sand it and then uh put a clear coat on it that uv protected but it had never seemed to last more than a year mm. and it was a lot of the getting it right with the uh, you know spray can of the clear was pretty hard well and the easiest uh, way around that is to buy a porsche they still do the same thing though <laughs> <laughs> As you can see it's, it's a Cayenne. Right? It's a Cayenne. They're, uh, they're, they're, uh, you can say the easiest thing is to buy an old 911 that has glass lenses. There you go. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I told Vu, I said I'd done this on my Z3 and it was amazing how uh, easy it was to do. So, so far the Z3's had it on for about three or four months. It still looks brand new. Excellent. Uh, uh, as far as what, uh, from when I put it on. So, um, yeah, give it a, give it a watch. It's, if you've never restored your headlights and you, you know, you park your car next to a, 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 a Porsche that has a new headlights. You're going to see how bad your headlights look. Uh, give it a wait, give it a try, but don't be afraid that right before you put on the uh, Cerakote, it is going to look pretty bad. It's like yeah. really foggy and you think you've destroyed your headlights. It gets worse before it gets better. Exactly. Right. The minute you put that, uh, Cerakote on, it just like cleans up mm-hmm. and, uh, it's, um, cause you yeah. can't put, uh, you're not supposed to put paint protection film on headlights now, right? No, I mean, we do a lot of paint protection film and, um, we don't cover the headlights because of the heat output. And then there's also a coating. Yeah, the um, coating is what I've heard, yeah. And, and when the, the, uh, adhesive sort of reacts with heat, that coating sometimes can come right off. Yeah. In fact, somebody was getting their, um, brought a GT4 RS, RS here and, uh, they said they were just gonna, basically bite the bullet and still get it put on their headlights and just know that they're going to have to restore the headlights mm. this was a brand new car yeah yeah but they didn't want to have a um you know uh beat up headlight from uh, not having any kind of protection well, those, those headlights are they're unbelievably oh, expensive yeah. yeah unbelievable and now with it's that crazy. that new matrix technology i mean imagine oh even more i mean three thousand dollars for a headlight no. yeah yeah so it's a good uh good video short video uh, but it's it's less than an hour, really. It took us to... Uh, yeah. to the video it. is short. It takes less than an hour to apply this product, Yes, just to be clear there. Um, so another video, Vu drove a 2001 911 Turbo, a 996 model, uh, on Angela's Crest and um, did a great job explaining what this car is about. But it, it basically has a lot of modifications that sort of turn it into a GT2, an all-wheel drive GT2 is what I'd almost call that car. Uh, so check it out, um, especially if you like modified 996s. Um, speaking of one of our next videos, we are almost finished with an edit of a 993 Carrera RS versus 993 Carrera RS Club Sport video that we did with Bob. And this was months ago now. Um, it's just taken a while to get get the video here. But it was it so will be long out. ago we were in shorts. Yeah, we, we were in were shorts. So, so hot. It's not. It's not yeah. a warm winter's day. It, it was shot a while back. And unfortunately, my skinny legs are going to show. And sorry to the audience. Yeah, we we both have chicken legs. Yeah. So. 
Um, <laughs> that's for sure. Pants next time, right? Yeah, what can I say? Um, so, 993 Carrera RS versus Club Sports coming up soon. Uh, we have a, a 996 Turbo Model Guide uh, by Nathan Mers that you can look forward to. Um, and then I'm trying to finish out a couple tech videos, which would be um, Rob's water pump on his 996, yes. which we've spoken about. And at some point, hopefully before the end of the year, my con spark plugs, uh, which Anthony actually uh, starred as oh, I yeah. filmed in that video. So uh, a couple sort of winter project videos coming up as well. So Good. Like keep it nice and busy. Yep. You would think we have a slow period, but I haven't seen our slow period yet. No, we're, we're picking up right now when it <laughs> comes to youtube uh we're, we're trying to finish the year out really strong um and hopefully you you all notice if you're watching on youtube and if you haven't subscribed please subscribe it really helps us out yes uh, gotta put that dig in there it actually helps the club out so help the club out and uh, subscribe because if we read a hun- reach a hundred thousand it, it uh, exposes our videos to a whole different group of people hmm. that may not uh see it just you know casually uh um scrolling through youtube and you know, we want to expand the club and get uh, portion enthusiasts to join the club. I always say on our podcast, we're not asking you for money. <laughs> it's a free podcast. There's no uh, Patreon or uh, extra Just click money. like. Yeah, just click like. And uh, if you're a Porsche owner, not a member, join the club. Uh, for upcoming events, um, registrations opening January 4th for the Spring Treffen in the Georgia Mountains. Uh, that's the event is April nineteenth through twenty third, and I'm sure that will sell out probably the same day it opens. So if you're interested in going, um, mark down the uh, the registration date. Uh, if you're going to the twenty four hours of Daytona, which is January twenty eighth and twenty ninth, uh, PCA has a corral and hospitality tent. We've had that now. I'm guessing for probably close to thirty years, and I like to brag that we're the only car club that has what I call beachfront property. So we're right against the track, right at the kink and the, uh, on the straight inside the infield. It's a great location. It's not our own grandstand, but I call it our own because it's within our property. Uh, right. And we, I think we can park close to 200 Porsches. Um, unfortunately, the corral tickets are all sold out. They sell out very quick. Um, but it's, uh, it's a great place to see like close to 200 Porsches, just Porsches. And trust me, when I was president, I tried to get in with a rental car. They would not let me in. <laughs> <laughs> they said, we appreciate you being president, but you have to go find another parking spot. Um, but the hospitality tent's a good size. They have closed-circuit television. It's free to come in if you're a Porsche owner or a PCA member. Um, they bring the uh, factory teams and some uh, customer teams, uh, the drivers, for a Q&A, an autograph session. It's just a great way to uh, hang out and see a lot of Porsche friends. Have you ever been down to there? the 24 hours for the hospitality uh I, I haven't been for your hospitality but several times i haven't it's, it's pretty sweet it's a great location for did watching. you have a golf cart stolen during the 24 hours <laughs> <laughs> yeah we didn't actually a team right next to ours oh is that what yeah. it is yeah that night they came in they they nabbed three or four golf carts and ours was sitting literally you had, right didn't next you have park a golf cart somewhere and then you went in like to use the bathroom came back out and somebody took it with you told me this story <laughs> They had moved it. They didn't take oh, okay. it. Oh, yeah, so, <laughs> Oh, is that what you yeah, call it when yeah, you steal I, something? I, I call it moving, moving it. it. That's right. right. So uh, we found it. I found that when I was in Daytona for the media event that that's actually, in Daytona, considered grand auto theft if you steal a golf cart. Can you imagine? Because I guess there's so many golf carts, you know, Anthony, in the communities and whatnot. I can see that. Uh, yeah, the person was telling me, he goes, yeah, he goes, they, uh, 
I guess a friend of his got charged with Grand Theft Auto because he took a golf cart at an event uh, to just to use as a joke, and uh, they people reported it stolen, and you know they have sheriffs on on property. They arrested him and charged wow. him. I was like, wow, uh, that's when I thought of Bob. <laughs> yeah. And don't don't be uh, don't be grabbing a golf cart. Uh, Works reunion registration opens up March third. Uh, excuse me, I don't know. It opens up December fourteenth, which is today. today. Today, so actually. Uh, um, I'm sure our registration will still be open by the time you listen to this podcast. But uh, if you're thinking about going and showing a car, um, I always tell people step up and uh, show the uh, uh, pay for the, um, I guess the judge. It's called. Uh, you have judge and you have the uh, the corral. Um, the judge is very easy. It's not a concord. Uh, they won't tear your car apart. Not that a Concord does, but it's uh, not as uh, serious as a Concord. And I think it's better parking uh, on the field. Um, I think the 911 is the featured mark this time. That's where I saw mm. an ad in the new Pano. Mm. Um, so anyway, that op- as, by the time you listen to it, it's opened up. The event is March 3rd. And we're happy to announce that Tech Tactics East is actually happening. Uh, Super we, happy uh, about that. Yes. it's. Uh, we'll have the registration info uh that's uh, the middle of February um, in Easton, Pennsylvania. It's two one-day events. Uh, I think a maximum of 120 people each day. Uh, tech Tactics is uh, one whole day of nothing but tech seminars. Um, if that doesn't sound exciting to you, you probably don't <laughs> want to come, but it'd be amazed people love to come because uh, usually we talk about the latest technologies from Porsche. Um, I always thought people wanted to hear about the old stuff, but in reality they really wanted to hear the latest stuff Porsche was working on. So we're trying to get a GT3 RS, the new mm-hmm. one, which most people have never seen, especially having that thing on a lift and going for the technical part of it. That would be amazing. Uh, as well as the, uh, the car, the um, the off-road Porsche that uh, recently came out, the LA Auto Show. So uh, the people at the uh, um, the training center that where Porsche trains their uh, technicians are very excited about us coming back. It was pretty cool to be on a call and see how excited they are about us coming back. So... Um, if you're on the East Coast and uh, not too far of a drive from Eastern Pennsylvania, uh, give it a thought. It uh, does sell out fairly quickly. Anything else, guys? All right, so uh, thank you for listening. If you aren't a current, current PCA member known to Porsche, what are you waiting for? Be sure to have your VIN handy, and you'll probably, if you call up, talk to Anthony. Uh, and for those who don't know, currently own a Porsche but you want to buy one, uh, join our test drive program. Go to www.pca.org. Uh, test drive is for people looking for a Porsche that want to be able to access our online classifieds, which is normally just open to members. Uh, remember to follow our uh, podcast Instagram page, which is Porsche Club Insider, all one word. Uh, also, I would say follow our uh, Instagram uh, PCA page, which is PCA National. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bogdan's doing a phenomenal job of uh, multiple posts a day and uh, very creative uh, reels. Um, if you want to send us a message, uh, leave a comment on the YouTube or email us at podcast at pca.org. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, stay safe, and we'll catch you on the road.